The following is a presentation of the Chicago Bears Network and ChicagoBears.com. Download the Chicago Bears official mobile app for up-to-the-minute Bears content every day. And now, welcome to Bears All Access, your all-access pass into Chicago Bears football. Bears All Access is brought to you by IGS Energy and sponsored by Miller Lite, CDW, and Ford. The curtains closed on the offseason program and their first-year head coach, Matt Nagy. A lot has been accomplished, certainly for a man who started from scratch, starting an offense from scratch and building things around quarterback Mitchell Trubisky while handing it over to Vic Fangio to continue to build that defense. Welcome back to Bears All Access, everybody. I'm Jeff Joniak, along with my partner on News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM, WBM, Mr. Tom Thayer. Good evening, Tom. How are you? Big Jeff, I'm glad you said the curtain is closed on this portion of the offseason because, you know, I always refer to this team as they've won the podium this offseason. But I think right now the honeymoon's over, Jeff. And when you start <laughs> training camp back at Olivet, and every day concludes with a reason to go in there and watch tape and be very strict about your evaluation because it includes pads and helmet, and then you start preparing for games, game plan, and to see what your team is really going to be about so yeah the curtain is closed on this portion of the offseason the honeymoon is over and now it's time for serious business and now to bears former bears quarterback jim miller from sirius xm nfl radio and also bears tv preseason you name it the man who does just about everything from his comfy comfy home (laughs) in michigan big jim uh i was impressed with the fact that there has been nothing from coaches or players other than excitement about what they've seen so far, but the realization, as Tom pointed out, that until the helmets and pads get on, we don't really know what we're going to know, and yeah. that's what's important. Yeah, it's, it's really, you know, it's, they get a month, and Tom and I talked about it uh, last week, and, and always good to be with you guys here on Bears All Access. And you get a month to, to really digest all the things that they, they've learned. You know, the new concepts, obviously there's familiarity with Vic Fangio returning on defense, but for the offensive players, you hope that they're challenging themselves over this course of time. But it's, it's really the real deal because you want to be able to play fast. And when you're thinking and all those things are going on with new concepts and new offensive principles, give yourself an opportunity as a player, the best opportunity to make the roster uh, that, that you can. And if you're going over this, this new material, it's going to give you a better chance. But that's that's really the real deal. The pads come on, and then it really the real hard evaluation to start. I think it's been a, a great offseason. It's been a smooth transition. There is a lot of excitement. There's always, you know, I think every team in the National Football League has that optimism uh, right now. I think the, the fans, that's what kind of the draft does or the offseason does when you got free agency in the draft and you think, hey, this is the opportunity to turn it around because as we've seen, other teams have done it, you know, that total reversal in one year's time. Think of the Rams, how they did. Philadelphia is a team last year. They were in the cellar two years ago in the NFC East. They come back last year and win the Super Bowl. You've seen it numerous times in, in the NFC South. So I think in the NFL, out of all major league sports, they truly have that opportunity to go from worst to first. Well, it happens every year. And uh, unfortunately, for a first-year coach like Matt Nagy, young and uh, offensive mind, with a young quarterback in his second year, there's going to be the endless comparisons to the L.A. Rams and the, and the work that they've done over there. And I know it came up again this week with NFL Network being here. This is Bears All Access brought to you by IGS Energy. We're here with, with you until 7 o'clock tonight, Tom and Jim and myself. And then coming up on our next segment, we'll be joined uh, by Bilal Nichols, 
Uh, the Bears' fifth-round draft pick of the rookie defensive lineman. Interesting character to talk to here coming up in our next segment. Um, so, fellas, they wrapped it up today. I'm going to run a portion of Matt Nagy as he um, put a bow on it, as, so to speak, after the third practice today. Right, so uh, today was obviously a mental day. We didn't do a whole lot in regards to uh, physical stuff, but that was that was on purpose and hit a little red zone and and uh, now the guys are off. So they've they've done a great job. We had a good team team uh, meeting this morning to be able to. Uh, uh, let them know how well they did uh, throughout this time. They grew, we grew, uh, all three phases, and, and so uh, now we get to get to the fun part of training camp and grow even more as a team. How pleased are you with what you guys accomplished? It's been great. The, the, I told that. That's that's been the message. There's 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 uh, there really wasn't a day where you look back and you say, man, that was pretty bad. There were some days that weren't great, not perfect, but that's expected. Uh, but for the most part, really happy. What's next in your evaluation and preparation to get prepared for your first training camp? Or do you get a little bit of a break, or does this work all the way through for you? No, I'll, I'll continue to work. There's a little bit of a break just because you're not you're not around the guys and, and, and the players in the building all the time. So there'll be a little part of that. And I think that's only natural to have that. If you don't clear yourself up in, in your mind and you don't get away from it for a little bit, you'll be drained by the time they need you most. So I'll go back and, and have some personal time but at the same time every day trust me I'll be uh, I'll be focused at task at hand how much did you learn I learned a lot I really did and and uh, I knew there's gonna be growing pains but what, what's happened is I've had the, the coaches and the players really help me out there was really no resistance they understood kind of our message uh, we've done it together and and so uh, they, they helped make it a lot easier for me man you've talked about trying to throw as much at Mitch as possible to see what he does well so now that you have the data how do you go about pairing it specifically? I mean, you're going through a sheet saying yes, no, yes, no, and, and what's even the timeline for doing that? Well, you get a feel for that, and you understand the plays that, that he does well and the plays that he's not as comfortable with. The ones that he doesn't feel as comfortable with or maybe has struggled with, we'll reevaluate and try to figure out, is it a coverage? Is it a, is it a certain route that someone's not running the right way? And then we'll try to piece that together when the season comes. The The beauty of training camp is, again, you're back at the lab. You can go back and see what works, what doesn't work. And uh, the, the the pace is a little faster because of the rules. So, uh, And then we'll test it in preseason, too, and see what sticks. Tom, one big lab, huh? Well, you know, there, there's so much on Coach Nagy's plate from this point on. And, yeah, you know, you get a little bit of time. But, you know, when you study the tape, it's – you have to study it constructively, and you have to look at making sure the offensive players are understanding their assignments. That's the biggest thing you're going to get get out of it up until this point. Because when you start studying tape after practices and training camp, there's so many specifics that you have to watch on tape about that is, is strictly in your fundamentals and techniques that can make you successful. And then I think that's going to change the timing of the offense and the way Mitchell change it, reads things a little bit because when a whistle concludes the play, everybody plays differently in full pads. All right, we'll get Jim's reaction coming out of the other side of this break. We'll be joined by Bilal Nichols, the Bears rookie defensive lineman here on Bears All Access on Chicago's Sports Radio 670 The Score. Welcome back to Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy, a proud partner of the Chicago Bears, providing electricity, natural gas, and home warranty products to over 1 million customers across the country. Learn more about IGS Energy at IGS.com. Back on All Access with Tom Thayer, Jim Miller, and our special guest, fifth-round draft choice, Bilal Nichols, out of Delaware, and a brand-new graduate of the college world, my man. How you doing? And congratulations. You, You finished up last week, huh? Yes, I did. Thank you. I appreciate that. And that's uh, something that a lot of players don't have um, the time to finish up in their in their four years or however long it might take. They always promise everybody they're going to go back, 
many do, but uh, you got it done, and uh, and before you started your professional career, uh, how important was that to you? Um, that that was very important to me, and uh, also to my grandparents. Um, you know, it, it was a goal that that I had set out from the day I walked into college, and you know, it, it was very important to me. And you know, w- whatever I could do to get done in that time, you know, I made sure that I did. Sorry, I had my mic up. Can you introduce us a little bit to Delaware? Because, you know, a lot of us, we think about the guys coming from big programs, and then you come up to the the new Hallis Hall and you see the expansion. You come into this facility. It's just amazing. Did you have the training table? Did you have the weight room and all the facilities at Delaware that you will have at, at this at the NFL level? Um. um yeah, you know, uh, Delaware was, was, you know, Delaware is the FCS program. Um, Division One AA, um, you know, but but for it to be a Division One AA program, uh, we had a lot of resources here. Uh, I mean, there at Delaware, you know, um, you know, definitely here, you know, um, with the Bears, you have you have a lot more, but you know, Delaware is not too far behind. Um, they were, I would say, they're one of the the better um, FCS programs when it comes to the resources that they provide their players with. The Blue Heads, home of Joe Flacco, superstar and Super Bowl winning quarterback. Get to know the Blue Heads. Well, below one, welcome to Chicago. Just uh, you know, talk about the transition. Has anything surprised you when you dive into the to the new schemes and obviously what can be a complicated defense in, in Vic Fangio and what he's asking you to do? Um, so far, um, nothing nothing too complicated. You know, I love the defense. You know, I, I love the, the aggressive nature that the defense holds. Um, you know, it's it's um in a way it's similar but also different from the way we ran our defense in college. Uh, so, you know, uh, I'm very excited. Um, you know, the, the the vets have been helping me out a lot. Um, you know, making sure, you know, any questions I have along with Coach Jay Rogers, any questions I have, make sure they're answered and you know, every day they, they just continuously helping me get better and better. You know, I'm very appreciative of them, you know, uh taking taking a young guy under their wing and just, you know, showing them the ropes and, you know, the tricks and trades and everything. Bears rookie defensive lineman Bilal Nichols, our guest here on Bears All Access. Brought to you by IGS Energy, Jeff Joniak, Tom Thayer, and Jim Miller with you. But I'll, um, I just had a conversation the other day with Earl Watford, the veteran offensive lineman that you've been working against as well in practice, and he came from James Madison, a smaller school. And it, 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 we got into a conversation about that small school thing and how players are viewed by even scouts, and they have to answer to the competition they played to see from a scout's eye if they can make the transition to the big boy level. Did you get a lot of that? It, it kind of irritates some guys that they have to defend themselves from playing at a small school. Did, have you ever felt like that? And did scouts in this process ask you a lot of those same questions? Oh, yeah, most definitely. You know, it's something that, you know, I just used as a chip on my shoulder. Um, you know, that that was one of the biggest things that, that you always hear about coming from a smaller school, especially during, like, the whole process leading up to the draft. It was, you know, um, people wanted to see how you did in an all-star game because one of their concerns was the level of competition at which you played in. So, you know, that was something that was, you know, very, very annoying. And, but, you know, um, I just had a chip on my shoulder just to show them that, you know, the level of competition didn't really matter. Um, you know, like, if, if you could play, you could play. At the end of the day, that, that's all that really matters. 
Well, below, you know, you got a lot of high praise coming out of the All-Star game that you played in, and I think that's what, you know, puts you on more than just the radar. It puts you on the map of a, a guy that's got to be drafted. Where where are you at in terms of your size? You know, after getting a chance to compete against these guys for a couple days, you see them in OTAs, are, is, is there a higher weight for you? Because versatility on this defensive line is important. you got to play up and down the line of scrimmage, and where do you feel in terms of your strength and body size? Um, well, right now I'm currently, you know, I'm, I'm about six four, and I'm currently weighing in at around three hundred three, three hundred two, um, which which I feel as though is is a great weight weight for me right now. Um, you know, being able to to play any position that that's asked of me. Um, you know, uh, not not quite really sure if you know if I'll have to gain any more weight, but as of right now, I believe that my weight is currently okay. Well, from when you do put the the pads on, uh, come training camp, maybe explain to the to the Bears listeners out there and the Bears fans the the type of player I guess you would be comparable to in the NFL, so that they could get a picture of your style of play because you are a versatile defensive lineman. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, a guy a guy I would compare myself to is uh is um I would I would definitely say if I can compare myself to anybody, uh, I would say. I would say Fletcher Cox. Um, you know, I feel as though, you know, I'm a, I'm a guy that that has great size and you know great athleticism, and you know I'm 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 still working every day to become better and better. But you know, my 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 pass rushing and everything is getting better and better each day. And you know, that's a guy that I feel as though um, we have the same similarities in a, in a way. Now that's a great comparison, and and when that potential is realized if if you're even close to a player like that great news for the bears and great news for you Bilal. that that is an outstanding well, comparison for the, list, for the listeners now you, if i remember i remember i've got your notes here from when you were at the comic you were an all-state tight end right i know you played defense in high school but you really didn't focus on defense till college you were an all-state tight end correct Yes, that's correct um i was all-state tight end um had had a, had a couple of tight end offers actually why why defense then when you look at some of these tight ends and their impacts what 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 drove you where you love to play defense so much uh i just i just love getting out to the quarterback honestly uh nothing nothing made me happier uh, that was something that i really i really liked to do and you know just 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 being able to get hits and deliver hits you know i, I was more of a person who liked to deliver than to receive well below you know you do know i'm a former quarterback that scares me when you talk like that <laughs> Hit him hard. <laughs> hey, did, did, when the teams were scouting you in the NFL, you know, you talk about be, being a comparison to Fletcher Cox and you see what position he plays, a down defensive tackle inside. Where Where is your game structured for? Are, are you going to be a guy that could gain weight and become a, an Eddie Goldman-type interior nose tackle? Or are you an, a guy that could play from outside the shoulder or the offensive tackle all the way to the inside? Because I, I like the Fletcher Cox comparison as good as you can get in the NFL, but is it because of your athleticism or were other teams scouting you for a 4-3 front defense? Um, you know, throughout the process, I had received interest from both teams. Uh, you know, um, you know, my biggest thing, though, I feel as though is just my athleticism. Um, you know, my athleticism is – and in my opinion, one of my one of my prizes as as a defensive lineman, you know, being able to move, being able to be agile, be quick, um, use my quickness and use my speed to to my advantage. So, you know, that's something um, 
you know, I, I take real great pride in. I feel it's the prize of, of all my abilities. Um, you know, I mean, you know, if if that's a road, like gaining weight, if that's a road that, you know, I need to go down, then we'll go down that road. But um, as of right now, that's, that's, that's not really a concern for me. 444 shuttle at your pro day, 49540 at the combine. You got that athleticism. Also, going through some of your tape from college, uh, I see a spin move that uh, is pretty dangerous in terms of your pass pressure. Um, what's the genesis of that move, and is it a go-to move for you? Oh, yeah. I mean, the spin move is just pretty much a, a counter move that, that I used in college just just for if I felt like I was being overplayed or, you know, I had a guy leaning in a certain direction. You know, um, it, it's, it's totally different, you know, at this level, though. Um, you know, that's that's definitely more of a, a reaction type of move. I don't think I would ever use it as a primary move. It's just something that you kind of just got to fill out. Hey, but, but- um, well, do you, do you get exposed to guys like Bruce Smith or Robert Mathis or Dwight Freeney who are so great at that move that you have a chance to see them on tape, or is it just something because you got to be a good athlete to perform that move? Is it just something you developed in practices? Oh yeah, it's definitely. I mean, it's, I would say both. Both. You know, you definitely got to be a good athlete. Definitely got to be good on your feet to be able to perform a move like that. But you know that that move that that I did and I, I worked on that, you know, every day in practice, uh, my defensive line coach in college, uh, he made sure that we drilled that as a defensive line unit every day. So, you know, that was just definitely something that I can developed. We, can we expect it early in one-on-ones at training camp? Because I want to make sure I'm sitting right there and <laughs> I, I want to be able to anticipate that move against one of the offensive tackles. <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to give up the tape a little bit too much, but, one of those days, you're definitely going. You're definitely going to catch it. All right, very good. Well, that's right. You got to impress early. Well, what what now for you? What tell us your schedule now before training camp? Because that's where it really gets real. You got the good foundation uh, underneath you. But what will you be doing to prepare yourself? Yeah. So for the, for about the next week up until next Friday, um, I'll, I'll be be here still training uh, with the team. All the rookies are, are staying for an additional week. So. We'll be here lifting, conditioning, um, just, you know, still working on our craft. And then uh, when I go back to Delaware, I'm actually like, uh, you know, that, that Monday that I'm back, I'm hitting the ground hard, um, you know, working out, um, you know, working on some things that, you know, I got feedback on that I need to work on to become a better player. And, you know, just making sure I stay sharp on my mental mental clues and take care of my body and just make sure that I stay intact with, you know, the playbook and everything that's going on. Bilal Nichols, our guest here on Bears All Access with Tom Thayer and Jim Miller. I'm Jeff Joniak. Final question, of Bilal, because um, this whole thing is new here. I mean, you got a new head coach, you got a new offense, same defense, but a lot of new players on the roster, a lot of young players, and the theme all week has been one of energy, one of obsession. We've heard about Coach Nagy's obsessiveness and, and how you have to be obsessive to be great. From a rookie perspective, do you feel that energy? in the building. Do you feel something happening on that field that we don't have the honor of being a part of to get the sense of where you guys are headed? Oh, oh yeah, definitely. Day in and day out, you go out there, you feel the energy. Like it, it, It's really crazy. Like I didn't, um, I, I really, to be honest with you, didn't think that it, w- it was going to be like just coming into the NFL. Like these, like guys, have energy like it's it's crazy like I, I feel as though this team right now is like has a different type of swag about them um you know like even when we during the whole OTAs process you know the practices was was juiced up people was flying around 
um, you know, going out there balling and the same thing with, with the mandatory minicamp that we just finished up today. I mean, it is crazy. It gives you goosebumps. It's crazy. I, I never I never experienced anything like it. Well, the best is yet to come. Wait till you walk into Soldier Field and uh, wait, wait till you go into Lambeau week one. Bilal Nichols, good to have you in Chicago. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. You're welcome, and have a great time there in this offseason. Uh, uh, the offseason program's over now. There's a little mini break, and then you get to training camp in mid-July, and the work will begin. Bears All Access will continue with Tom and Jim after this break here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. They run the best 5K course in the city at the PNC Chicago Bears 5K and cross the finish line on the field at Soldier Field. The race, Saturday, June 23rd, and you can register right now at chicagobears.com slash 5K. Jeff Joniak, Tom Thayer, Jim Miller. Tom, I expect you to be ready for that race. I am. You're looking fit, Jim. You'd be shocked. I don't know when's the last time you saw Tom. He is fit to hit, ready to go. <laughs> Baggy clothes. Dark solid. Dark, go, so- dark solid colors. That's Fellas, what I learned. Listening to Bilal Nichols there, and you're just joining us. We had the, the rookie fifth-round defensive lineman on the air. And if you want to give us a call, 312-644-6767, 312-644-6767. The last answer was outstanding. I love his, I'm not going to say gumption, but there is a little bit of that to compare yourself or he sees himself or he, or he aspires to be a player like he, he mentioned in Fletcher Cox, but that this veteran minicamp gave him goosebumps. I love that. Well, you know, the, the first thing you got to be impressed with is his willingness and his desire to go back and graduate. I think that tells you a lot about a player's future and their willingness to work hard at what is sometimes the most difficult and when you look at him on the roster from today's practice, he's the I think the third lightest defensive lineman on the roster. So he's got a lot to go back to now for this next five weeks and reevaluate what he just went through, see where he needs the help the most. Like he said, there's a couple coaches that pointed out things he needs to work on. And I think for every one of these guys, you know, the offensive players, they're going to have to go home and they're going to have to stay so invested into their um, – their learning tools they have to understand the terminology of this offense and the defensive players, it's going to be about how well they go back in condition. Because if you go out there in the first two or three days, you got guys dropping because they haven't been conditioning this five weeks, you're going to tell a lot about a player's and Bilal is going to be one of the guys that you're going to learn a lot about just by watching his performance in the first couple of days. I mean, it is when you say Fletcher Cox, and like you said, he's comparing himself to a, to a great player now, but the reality is, as Jeff, you threw out his numbers. I mean, that's an over 300-pound man that ran a sub-540. Yeah. I mean, when you think about it. So he has the ability, and he is extremely athletic. It was interesting, too, because I think at this point in time, and Tom can probably back me up on this, it's harder for the big men to work on their technique and hand placement and all those things until you get the the, the pads on one for all the reasons we just talked uh, talked about. I, it was interesting because we talked to Steve Spagnolo, former head coach and defensive coordinator in the NFL. He said compared to when the NFL used to be, like we would even when I played, we got in an extra month of work. Uh, essentially than what these guys are getting in. So he said a lot of times what we couldn't get uh we couldn't get with the players now because it's so condensed is the technique side of it. So hand placement, footwork, all those type of things that you get all those those uh technique drills that that you do really will start even more where they'll get really 
defined in training camp where players can work on the techniques that they're going to need in terms of hand placement and all the things that, that the big guys like uh, Bilal is going to have to work on in terms of his, his group work and technique work. You know, uh, Jim, I do agree with you that these no-padded practices get you into some bad habits as an offense and defensive lineman because you really can't complete the blocks. You can't complete a second-level block when you're going up to hit a linebacker if you're an offensive lineman. And those are the types of things that – are going to seem so foreign to all these young guys the first couple of days they get on the practice field. It's going to be like they've never been a part of football. And, you know, when you talk about the old school days when we had the extra practices, at the end of the day when we went to meetings, we had two complete practices that we had to watch in meetings. And there were so many individual drills that you just methodically went through. Nowadays you got one practice to watch the tape, and they're moving on so quick because they don't want to waste time with mistakes. They just they just want to go on. And and the whole learning process is sped up for these younger guys of this generation because they don't have the luxury of two practices a day or or that uh, just a, a countless amount of hours of film that you can watch to try to improve yourself or get hints from other players you're playing with. You know, he mentioned uh, the spin move, and I mentioned the spin move, brought it up, and it, you know, it, it looked good. As an offensive lineman, what do you do with those? You got to stay back and you got to stay balanced. The thing about it is, you know, so you're, you're getting ready to go play Bruce Smith or you're going to play Dwight Freeney or you're going to play Robert Mathis, Robert Mathis, and that's part of their repertoire. You got to be cautious of that every single third down, every single pass rush that you have against them because the walls they wanted you to do is be over aggressive. As soon as you find an offensive lineman that's over-aggressive, that spin move comes out, the offensive lineman falls forward, and the defensive lineman's on top of the quarterback or at least chasing him. So it's you got to prepare and film study and make sure you're you're cautious about having him having that move. And I hope he's got the confidence to do it. It's one thing saying it, but doing it. Because as Tom mentioned, if you don't set that move up, those offensive linemen will bury you. Because if he hits that wrong... Uh, to, as you know, Tom, yeah. he'll be exposed where one of those guys could absolutely body slam him. So we'll see if he's got the confidence to do it. Right. If he gets interrupted by an offensive lineman and he's got his feet crossed and he's in the middle of a spin, it is going to be ugly. But again, I think it's going to be really fun when training camp does begin to sit there and pay attention to the one-on-ones and kind of watch his traits of athleticism because we'll be alerted to it. It's not something, but if we never knew that he had that you know, in his arsenal of moves – we would eventually see it. But you're going to tell a lot more things about him as as an athlete, as a player, just like the rest of the young guys when they do get on the field and start playing in full pads. Fellas, what ruins a rookie's confidence more than anything during the early stages of a training camp that they sometimes cannot get out of that spin cycle. Not the spin in the in the sense of his spin, but in the spin cycle, so to speak. You got to be um, mentally, you know, you yeah. got to be mentally prepared, Jeff. And above all else, is you have to be mentally prepared because if you go out there and know exactly what you're supposed to do, then you can do it. You can use everything you've learned from a young kid up until that point in your career. But if you go to the line of scrimmage and now you don't know if it's a slant twenty four on three or was it a slant thirty four on two, and you're just thinking the whole time. You cannot play. So, again, I, I stress the importance of the offensive players being invested in their their tablet. In the defensive players, you better be in good condition because you already have the information. You better be in shape at the start of camp. I, Jim? I, agree, I agree with Tom. I mean, the, the scariest thing is not knowing what the hell that you're doing. You know, <laughs> what was your, let me ask you, what was your scariest personal moment 
your rookie training camp? Well, I th- I think for me it was like just you know like and even Mitchell has talked about this like even though you don't know what's going on you're you're kind of I don't want to say you're faking it but you're you're talking with authority because you're trying to sell the play but yet you're still trying to sort it out in your head. All right, what was this check? We went over this in the meeting this morning. I, I know it was this that you know and you're you're trying to figure it out and that that is it's a scary moment. It's exactly like I say if you don't know what you're doing or where you are you're lost. You're lost. So I, I do think the mental preparation is a part of it. It's better, it'll be better now, obviously, uh, the second year for Mitchell Trubisky, but he'll still be sorting things out in this new offense because he's further along. He's a pro now. He's professional. He's prepared himself, and he, he will continue to prepare himself. But that is, I mean, they threw a couple check with me's and, and like, pr- protections versus, say, a blitz period. You know, and I remember Ron Earhart calling, hey, let's go, you know, 82, whatever the play is, semi, and they're bringing too strong. Uh, am I am I hot off too? I, I didn't. I know I'm in seven man protection, but is it is it picked up that side? And you're, I was you know uncertain, and you want to be certain about what what you what you're doing because otherwise you're you're just lost, as I mentioned. And that's that's a scary feeling for a player. Tom, you ever have an uh oh moment in training camp? Oh yeah, he has a rookie. Um, oh yeah, oh, plenty of them. And that you know that was the thing about it is you have to go back in your room and invest in studying and stuff. And well, what was your moment? Uh, pulling the wrong way and hitting, running um, head on into bark boards. <laughs> I only did it once in my career, and that was that was it. But you know, you, you again, you, Jeff, you you get confused because there's so much terminology in the huddle, and they're saying a snap count, but you always have to think in the back of the mind as you approach the line of scrimmage. It could always be audibled. And now you have to pay attention to the live color that's alerting you to their uh, to the quarterback changing the play. So the thinking process doesn't stop when you break the huddle. The thinking process is just starting when you break the huddle. And whether you're a quarterback that has a Rolodex of information or you're an offensive lineman, you know the play, you know the snap count, now you're waiting for the the hot call in case there is an audible so there there's you know it, it's a thinking process that is is from start to finish and you can you can never be laxed that is tom thayer jim miller with this as well i'm jeff joniak thanks as always to herb lawrence and tony gill for working the dials in our score studios this is bears all access presented by igs energy when we come back we're going to hear from jonathan bullard and earl watford two bears that we're going to look at here in this final couple of segments here on sports radio 670 the score I get the latest Bears news. Photos and videos delivered straight to your mobile device. Download the Chicago Bears official mobile app presented by Verizon. Back on Bears All Access. Brought to you by IGS Energy. Jeff, Tom, and Jim with you. As the Bears get ready for a little break. Uh, but it's all a matter of perspective. The break uh, may be a trip here, a trip there. But these guys got to hit the weights and remain in their playbook. And that's exactly the message Matt Nagy gave the fellas. as They wrapped things up today after the third and final minicap practice. A, a light one today. Did some red zone work and uh, just kind of got themselves um, regathered, so to speak. But it was one big, great get acquainted session. That's what it was. I think there was a lot of learning going on. And I think Matt Nagy, fellas, impressed the heck out of his players. Oh, yeah. So it's the day he got here. I think he's impressed the Chicago Bears fan base. He impressed everybody inside the building and the players. Because, you know, you have to include the people that the workforce inside Hallis Hall. And I think Matt has embraced everybody in that building. He has it all in a central 
minded uh, unit that everybody is pointed in the same direction. And I think that's the key ingredient here. And Jeff, everybody that we've talked to and Jim, everybody we've talked to so far this off season, they talk about the energy in the building, the attitude in the building, and that carries over into the practice field. So I think that's the important part of it is coach Nagy's message is filtering from inside the building to outside the building. Yeah, it's got the the buy-in, and as as Tom mentioned, everybody's rowing in the in the same direction right now. You know, there's going to be some rocky waters that they're going to have to navigate too, and and Matt Nagy knows that. But the the key is to, is to get everybody on the same page with the mission statement, and it looks like that's been accomplished with the mission statement, and the buy-in factor is there. And now we'll see what the you know again when things are get a little rocky, that's when you really get the the true. Uh, uh, you know, leadership uh, from the head coach because he's going to have to navigate those waters as well to keep everybody rowing in the same direction. Three one two six four four sixty seven sixty seven. If you want to jump on and have a question for Jim or Tom, as we take a look at uh, a new bear, Earl Watford, offensive lineman, versatile, experience, a veteran coming over from Arizona in the off season. I had a chance to catch up with him this week and started off by saying, "Why pick the Bears?" The coaches, the players. I, f- I felt like this was a uh, great opportunity for me to. Uh, help a team that uh, has a lot of talent and a lot of I mean it's 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 amazing I, I I wish I can tell you more about what this team is becoming and it's it's incredible to just see and be a part of right now and I'm I'm very excited for what what is to be so I'm I'm, ex- I'm really excited for the season and I just can't wait for camp so we can get this thing rolling we're it working I mean this is probably the hardest I've worked my my entire career i mean it's it's been it's been great and it's a trust thing as well i think everyone trusts each other i think and our work ethic has been unmatched i don't don't think anyone's working as hard as as us weight room on the field you know (laughs) up top you know what i'm saying so mentally we are uh setting ourselves apart from everyone else what would you say is the naggy effect (laughs) he's obsessed you know, and and I'm sure you've heard that from him. And that word has become the he, theme. He is obsessed, and and he is uh, ingraining that in us to to be just that, and it's showing. And he he believes in everyone. So a, a, a head coach that believes in his players, you you feel a sense of you know pride, and, and you get excited to play for someone like that. And that's not always the case, you know. So. It's good to have not just him, but the entire coaching staff believe in us and want us to get better. And they are improving themselves as coaches, which is great to see. And you're able to talk to them and and just and work and want to work and want to come in and and be the best you can be. And everyone is on the same page with the goals that we have in our setting. And we will reach them. You know, I, Jeff, I like using the word the naggy effect because that seems to be the theme around here right now. And when you bring a guy like Earl in, he's been around for four years. This is his fifth year, six four, two, three hundred pounds, twenty seven years old. He's a guy that's going to bring a lot of competition to the interior of that offensive line, and I think starting competition. I don't think you can grant anybody um, a position at yet at, at this stages of the offensive line. You got to see about the health status of Kyle Long. You got to see where James Daniels grows into as a rookie offensive lineman. you got to see the things Eric Cush and Hronis Grisou have been doing during the offseason, and obviously we have Cody Whitehair. So I think it's going to be great for the interior competition as this offensive line, and it's better to have a guy like Earl in here competing at a veteran level 
than James, than counting on James Daniels this immediate because you want to make sure that he's up to the challenge of the job before you just anoint him the starter. You wanted to come in here and compete with a guy like Earl Warford. And, and again, I think just the the belief. You know, he chose to be here, said in that interview, yeah, it was the coaching staff, the buy-in factor. Whatever they were selling, Earl, he was buying it. You know, and he believes this is it. And also set the stage of the expectation the coaches have laid out there for the players. Hey, this is what's there for you, and this is what I expect. And the the it doesn't seem like working players wanting to show up but do the extra work, do the work that that's required. So again, I just think that it, it really accentuates the the buy-in factor. Twenty starts in the last two years for the Arizona Cardinals for Earl Watford, and yes, much to you, uh, much to your point, Tom. He is not backing down from saying yes. He envisions himself starting on day one. He should. I mean, that's what you got to say. That's the attitude I want of every one of these players. Whether you're a rookie or you're a veteran, that's in you know entrenched in your in your position. I want everybody to come out here and think that I'm the next superstar of this team. And you know, there's other guys like Roy Roberts and Harrison stuff that he has to have the same attitude. He's got to say, look, I have the body, I have the physique, I've been putting in the work, I'm healthy. I'm here to earn this job and hold it down for the rest of the, for the remainder of my career. And you, that's the attitude you hope you have. This is bears all access brought to you by IGS energy. Uh, fellas, before we get to Jonathan Boulder, we may do it in our next segment, but uh, in my interview with him as well, some of the news of the day, and, and it is about the injured player. So Alan Robinson, we've seen him running around here in the last uh, week or so, and he, he'll be ready for training camp. That's the expectation. Um, Coach Nagy said today, Kyle Long will be ready for training camp. Leonard Floyd says he's ready to go. He says he did more this week than any other so far in his rehab from the from his leg injury. So these are three key pieces to this larger puzzle, and it'll be good to see everybody ready to go. I don't think there's going to be any lingering major injuries as they head into camp, provided everybody stays healthy in this four-, five-, six-week period. Well, we got to throw Danny Trevathan in the mix there, too, you know, recovering from an injury. So, uh, you know, yeah, you, the, the best-case scenario is every one of these guys open up training camp ready to go. But I'm still not ush- rushing Allen Robinson before I feel that he's 100% ready to challenge both of his legs, not only his surgically repaired leg, because the worst thing you wanted him to do is favor a surgically repaired leg, and then it affects the other leg. So, to me, he's the one guy – because speed is so important to, to his job requirements, I'm waiting to see him the most. Yeah, I think they'll all be be monitored because so much of you know, the, the, even prior to the first game, you just want to go into the season 100 percent healthy as a football team. Certainly, that's probably not going to be the case. Is it, is it realistic? But you know, coaches are going to protect him. The trainers are going to protect him because I'm with Tom. I think you want to be smart because even talking to doctors around the NFL, a player who tears one ACL is more than likely to tear the other ACL. So you certainly want to make him, or be at least for him, to be 100% as possible before he's full go and you're just letting him loose to, to do whatever he wants. So I think they will be very careful with how they bring along Allen Robinson. He'll get his work in, but they'll be smart in how they do it. Big Jim, bite your tongue on that other leg, man. Oh, I hate hearing that. I hate hearing that. But... Hey, I'm in the camp of taking your time, too, uh, but he is a key piece, obviously, to get on the same page with Mitchell Trubisky, develop that continuity and chemistry as uh, the number one receiver for the Chicago Bears. All right, we're going to take a break. One more segment. We'll hear from Jonathan Bullard, Bears defensive lineman. 
And hop on, 312-644-6767 with Tom Thayer, Jim Miller. I'm Jeff Joniak on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. This segment of Bears All Access is orchestrated by CDW. CDW, people who get it. Jeff Joniak, Tom Thayer, Jim Miller with you in our final few minutes. Here until 7 o'clock tonight on Bears All Access. This week on Inside the Bears, the rookies visit Soldier Field for the first time. And former Bear Israel Adonage talks about creating a comic partnership with the Bears. Inside the Bears airs Saturdays, 6 p.m. on CW50 Chicago and Sundays at 10.35 p.m. on Fox 32 Chicago. You can also watch show segments online at chicagobears.com or in the Chicago Bears official app anytime. All right, Jonathan Bullard and Tom, Jim, you... Jim, you've heard Tom talk about it. I mean, he's talking about the guys. We had a, we actually sat and watched a little bit of practice today together, and we talked. He talked about the guys in the nineties. Got to be good in the nineties. <laughs> the, the, the guys in the nineties, the numeral ninety on the jersey, and one of those guys is Jonathan Bullard, and he seems in our conversation ready to. Go. Well, I'm gonna get straight to it next week. Um, I'm young. I'm fine. My body feels good, so I just keep working on getting stronger, um, getting my body right, working on my hands and the different things that Jay said I need to work on. It seems to me that then that means you're hungry. You're hungry. I mean, I am. I mean, it's year three. I've been in it. Um, I took a little stride last year, not big enough for me. And, you know, this year is open for me. Um, It's really open for me. No vets. I have to worry about, you know, with none of that. So, you know, as of right now, it's just, you know, me going out, putting on film of being consistent and earning their trust. There, it is a process, obviously, no matter where you're drafted or how you get here. Uh, are you surprised at how long it takes to get to where you need to be? Um, I mean, I definitely thought it was going to take a little time. Um, I, I thought last year would probably be that time for me that it would eventually click, but obviously I took an injury, missed uh, missed some time early in the season, and you know, I was kind of just behind from there. But um, you know, I'm feeling good. This year three, been in the system. Vic came back, which was great for me. Um, you know, I know it like the back of my hand now, so I can just go out and play and, you know, try to make plays like Eddie and Akeem be able to depend on me and feel confident while I'm out there with them. What do you believe you're capable of accomplishing here? I think a lot. Um, I got high expectations for myself. And with them two guys and the attention they cause, it's just open things up for me. Um, I think I just need to go out, you know, play like I play, just let loose and just go. Um, and I think, you know, the sky's the limit for me. You know, if we're talking about the guys in the 90s, we're talking about Jonathan Bullard, Eddie Goldman, Leonard Floyd, Roy Robertson Harris, and Aaron Lynch at this stage, at this conclusion of the OTAs. Those guys are going to be having a really important role if the defense is going to be successful. But Jonathan Bullard specifically, ever since his rookie year, we saw the traits that you need to be a dominating defensive lineman. You have to have an innate ability to understand a non-rhythmic cadence that you're hearing from the quarterback so you have the discipline on the offensive line to stay on sides, but you have a burst when the ball moves. And Jonathan Bullard has that. But now you have to attach that ability to every single snap you're in the game. And with a rotation of a three-man defensive line, he's probably going to get, on a, on a good day, 30, 30 to 35 snaps if they face 70, 80 plays. So with the, the amount of snaps he's getting, 
Jonathan Bullard has to show us the ability that we've seen out of him, but it's got to be at an, at an every down pace. And that's going to be the deciding factor with him. If you want to tell us how well you know this system, you've been around for three years, you understand it like the back of your hand, but then you got to play like where you were drafted, and I think that is going to be the telltale sign for the success of Bullard this year. Yeah, it's, it's, I think it's all got to come together. Like you said, he, he learned about the system his first year, got more comfortable last year, learned about offenses, how they're going to try, try to attack a Vic Fangio defense. Now it's kind of all got to come together and play at a high motor that Tom mentioned when he's called upon, whether it's those 30, 35 snap. It's, it's 100%. It's, it's, it's got to be the motor that displays itself every single time. So that get-off, that take-off, the athleticism, we'll, we'll see if it can show up on a consistent basis because this really needs to be a year for him to really take off. He has the great get-off. How does he parlay that one attribute and build his career? Well, you, you have to use that great get-off every single snap. And that's why I said if you're out there for 35 snaps in an 80-play game, that's 35 times that you have, you're have you in a stance and you have to use your explosiveness. Because the worst thing an offensive lineman wants to have done to him is a defensive lineman attacking the offensive lineman before you're under balance in position or you're trying to earn leverage on the player. And so if Jonathan Bullard, he has the size, he has the strength. In one of the hard hardest things to do is have that discipline at the line of scrimmage to make sure you stay on side, but you still have a burst when the ball is snapped. And I think that's one of the things that, you know, they've talked about by Lel Nichols, that he has to be able to develop that. But Jonathan Bullard came into the league with that. Now it's about your work ethic and what you do in this downtime to make sure you're prepared for practice one. Well, uh, we're going to switch topics because we're almost out of time. I'm looking forward to Bullard. Um, Tight ends. This is our group now we're going to look at. We're up until the regular, uh, uh, until the start of training camp, rather. So we already tackled a big portion of the offense at the running back position, quarterback and receiver. Let's talk tight ends. It is a key position in Matt Nagy's system. We'll give you guys each an opportunity to break it down a little bit and where you're most excited about. We'll start with Jim Miller. Well, Dion, I still think, is the inline blocker. I think he, he's an athletic guy. Obviously, I covered him at, at Michigan State. I think his best football is still ahead of him. For Trey Burton, he's the utility piece. I think he'll be the guy early to drive the offense. As I mentioned, it's a tight end-centric offense with what he can do with route running and uh, pl- cape, uh, you know, play catching down uh, down the field with some of the trick stuff that he can do as well. Um, and then you look at Adam Shaheen. He's got the athleticism to really be a good one. And I think for him, it's going to be more red zone presence, and he'll continue to grow in you know in the field offense too. I think as well, he needs to make a big jump, but specifically red zone. I think he can really develop into a, a red zone threat, and we'll see if he's ready to take the next step. As he again, he's a raw player out of Ashland, making that making the jump, uh, the big jump to the NFL, and we'll see if he can take a big jump here in year two. My most intriguing player of all the OTAs has been Trey Burton. I think he has the ability to come in here and dictate coverages for the offense, for Trubisky. He's uncoverable at times, depending upon the type of athlete they try to cover him with. He runs his routes at full speed, even in these types of practices. So he's the type of guy that, to me, is, it's going to be really exciting to watch. But I, I have great 
um, a belief that Adam Shaheen and Deion Sims can both be the type of tight end you need to be in a blocking position. I think Adam Shaheen still has a tremendous upside. You know, Ben Broniker, Daniel Brown, Colin Thompson, all these other guys are going to come in here fighting for playing time. But Trey Burton is going to be the outside tight end, and then you're going to see a big play selection for Adam Shaheen and Deion Sims, and hopefully those other guys can work themselves into the mix, not only by contributing on special teams, but short yardage and goal line and that type of stuff. All right, fellas, we, we've hit the finish line of the off season. Okay, time to take a little deep breath. I mean, we're not going anywhere. We'll be here each week, but then get you guys ready for the start of training camp. Tom Thayer, Jim Miller, thanks as always for joining us. And thank you for listening, everybody. Also, thanks to our director of content, Dan Barilli, coordinating producer, Jordan Treadup. Our special thanks, as always, to the guys spinning the dials, Tony Gill today, and for our special guest, rookie defensive lineman, Bilal Nichols, Good program today, and we appreciate everybody's contributions. That's going to do it for us. Have a great night, everybody. This is Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy on Chicago's Sports Radio 670 The Score. Have a great night, everybody. Thanks for listening to this Chicago Bears Network presentation of Bears All Access. Podcasts are available on ChicagoBears.com and on iTunes or download the official Bears mobile app. Bears All Access has been brought to you by IGS Energy and sponsored by CDW, PNC, and Ford.